it doesn't say that it just says start. Oh, <laughs> no, there it goes. Welcome to Bookworms, one podcast, the book club podcast, where we talk about books and gossip and drama. And today we're talking about The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. Mm-hmm. But um, Lacey and I, this is a bit different for us because we're in different places today. Yes. Lacey's yes. at home. I'm at home. We're on Skype. <laughs> we're going to see how this works. Because um, it took us a little bit to figure this out. We had to play with it. But, um, yeah, if the audio sucks more than usual, we're sorry. But Just let us know. Just let us know. We're trying something <laughs> new um, because Cameron is a hypochondriac. And she's worried that she has COVID and she doesn't want to give it to Lacey or her family. <laughs> but in all reality, I don't think that I have COVID, but. Better safe like, than sorry. Yes, Lacey and I were like better safe than sorry. I just, I told you, but I like woke up yesterday and I was just so dizzy. And like, I had maybe two glasses of wine the night before the dinner. And I don't think two glasses of wine is like enough to make me hungover. But it could also be that it was wine because I know, like, I like to drink rum. I do. But rum treats me very differently than vodka Real does. Piece. Like, yeah, like vodka, I can wake up fine the next day after I've drank a shit ton. Rum, and it was no. white wine, and I don't normally drink white wine. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, from some, like, um, Steve's uncle sent it, so I don't know where it was from. So, like, you're saying it's not something that I'm used to. Um, but, it, yeah, it was just really strange. And then, like... I just kind of, I was, I got a really bad headache last night and then I woke up in the middle of the night with a stuffy nose and I was crying. I was like, oh my God, I have it. I have COVID. And I'm like, how did I get it? I don't go anywhere. I wash my hands all the time. Um, but then I woke up today and I felt fine. I haven't had a fever this whole time. I'm pretty sure the stuffy nose was because we're in that weird space in Texas where it's yeah, like, allergies like during the day and 40 degrees at night and my husband wants to sleep with the fan on. Look, so do I. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> But it it's like we're living. It's like we're living in the desert now, yeah, because it's really hot in the day and then it's really cold at night. Yes, and I'm just so tired of playing this game of is it Rona or is it allergies, and it's usually allergies. So, yeah. um, yeah, so that's why we're trying this out. We'll see how it works. Um, but let's do our second sweet. Oh, Jackson's barking. <laughs> what is your suck for this week? My suck is you hit it too. The weather. Ugh. It's Christmas. I, know. I want cold. I want bundled up in front of the fire with cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was really nice there, like, all last week, and then it just started getting warm again. Yeah. I mean, when we were in Oklahoma last weekend, we were freezing that last day. It was Yeah, crazy. we were. And it was snowing. It started snowing as we were leaving. Oh, God. And then now it's hot again. It's like, yeah. do we turn on the AC? Do we turn on the heat? Right. Do we have more blankets or less blankets? That's another thing. It's like yesterday during the day, I went for a walk with the dogs, and I was wearing shorts because it was warm and sunny. And then it's, <laughs> I mean, it's not looking good for Christmas Day. The high Christmas Day is 63, so <sighs> I'm just trying to drink as many medicine balls as possible. Um, yeah, that would probably be my suck is allergies making me think that I have COVID. And I yeah. I don't go anywhere. I'm not exposed to anyone. So I'm like, if I did get- wipe all of our groceries down, we do what we're supposed to right. <laughs> wipe down the groceries. As soon as I come home from somewhere, I strip and I get in the shower. <sighs> Are you going to get the vaccine? Not yet. Yeah. I'm kind of nervous about it too. Like 
I mean, I feel like it's I feel like it's too soon. And there's like what two different strains of the vaccine or two different kinds of vaccines? It, yeah, there's two different kinds, and yeah. one has to be stored at like negative 100 degrees, and the other one doesn't. And I'm like, hmm, why? That's a that's a big difference. Yeah, why? And I don't trust <laughs> everybody to do what they're supposed to do because they don't do what they're supposed uh, to do now, washing their hands. <laughs> and it's two doses, and it's like apparently you it's like timely. You have to get that second dose. And you're supposed to. But this dude that we went to high school with, he is like a, what did he say he was? Biomedical engineer. And he like, I don't know if you saw him comment on my Facebook post. Because I made like a joke, like people that get are going to turn into a zombie or whatever. Like, listen, I watch a lot of sci-fi and I read a lot of sci-fi. And that is legitimately how that shit starts. It's like. Umbrella Corporation, hello. (laughs) Yes. Or like, what's that other show? Future Man. Where everyone got like a vaccine for herpes and then they turn into like. They're all sterile or something. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So he said that with this vaccine, they're not like injecting the live virus into you. They're giving your mRNA instructions on how to fight the virus. That's what he said. And I was like, wow, man. But if our body can't battle it already. Then how is it going to battle it with the strain? I mean, I'm not in the medical field, you know, so right. maybe I just don't understand. But something about how, like, you've seen pictures of the way it looks. Like, it has those little spikes on it. Yeah. And kind of like a blocker. Yeah, the instructions that they're giving you, that they're giving your mRNA, is mm-hmm. like teaching it how to make its own spikes or something. Okay. See, I can kind of understand that a little bit more because you know I've got my pharmacy. License. Oh, okay. So yeah, I get so like the beta. I know what the beta blockers and stuff like that do. So I can kind of get what this is supposed to do. But then I read this morning that there's like a new mutated strain in Great Britain. Yes. Like the one under freaking yes. lockdown again. They I'm told sure yeah, they told me yeah. that a few days ago. I'm surprised. I'm, I should have told you that because the boys did tell me that a few days ago. They popped up <laughs> and told me huh. it's not supposed to be stronger, but it's supposed to be quicker spreading. Which... And yes, it's way more contagious. And I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that vaccine. It was not oh great. Anyways, what's your sweet for the week? <laughs> <laughs> Before we get off on a tangent. And it'll be over here next. So but anyway, my sweet for the week is it's Christmas. I know it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Oh. So what are you gonna do Christmas Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? What are your plans? Christmas Eve. I work half the day, boo. Oh that's uh I know. And then we're gonna cook dinner that night, open presents, and then Christmas Day, my dad's going to our hunting cabin at like noon to go hunting, and I'm taking my son out to his dad's, and I'm cooking enchiladas, and I'm free. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, So I have to work a full day Christmas Eve, but they told us today we could flex, so I'm going to work like two hours early, and so I can get off two hours early. Yeah. And then um, as long as I don't have COVID, I'm going to bake a bunch of cookies. Christmas Eve night to go to my mom's house the next day and we'll just like open presents and she's making like a traditional ham like Christmas dinner baking we're, doing, we're not making like traditional traditional but we're gonna do a ham in the oven and a couple casserole sides mm-hmm. to go with it mm-hmm. that sounds good real good but yeah that's my sweet too it's Christmas. Christmas okay so before we get into our book, I have a little bit of drama for you. Ooh. Yeah. This happened on Instagram. So okay. there is a show that just came out on HBO Max called The Flight Attendant. Mm-hmm. And it has um, 
the chick from the Big Bang Theory. Her name's like Kaylee Kuka Kuko. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know how to say it. I don't I never do it. either. Okay. And I heard it was really good and um Lilith from Sabrina is in it. And you, you know, we love Lilith. Like she's an amazing like the the actress that plays her, she's like really amazing. You know, yeah, she's been with her for a long time. Yes. So when I saw she was in it, I was really intrigued by it. And um the preview that I saw for the show was like a murder mystery. And I was like, all right, well this sounds like right up my alley and we have HBO max. So Steve and I started watching it and like three episodes in Steve was like, have you read the book? And I was like, this is a book. And he was like, I'm surprised that you didn't know this. Cause it says it like in the title sequence that it's based on the book by the author's name is Chris Bojalian. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I apologize. I'm sure I butchered it. Um, so, and you know how lately I've kind of been like, I don't want to do, if I'm going to watch the show, I don't want to read the book. If I read the book, I don't want to watch the show, vice versa. But it is a really, really interesting show. Like, it's really good. I think you, Lacey, would like it. Anyone that's kind of like into that genre would like it. Mm-hmm. And I had read on Instagram, of course, now that the show's out, a lot of people are starting to talk about it again. Because the book itself is like three years old. Um, but people are talking about it again. And they said it's very different. Like, not in a bad way, it's just very different. And I was like, well, maybe I should read it. So someone that we follow, um, she's at Rebecca Reviewed It. She reviewed the book. Um, And I commented on it. So I'll read her review, and then I'll read my comment, and then I'll get into the drama, okay? Okay. So she said, The Flight Attendant by Chris Bojalian. Have you ever read a book where you really disliked essentially every character, at least the main characters, yet still wanted to find out what happened in the end? That's how I felt about this book. I thought the two main characters were highly unlikable. The premise was a bit far-fetched, and the ending was rushed. Yet I still enjoyed many parts of the book. I was surprised by at least one part of the ending, and I enjoyed the FBI notes sprinkled throughout. Then I found out there's a miniseries based on the book on HBO. I haven't seen the series, but I've heard that it varies greatly from the book. If you need to relate to the main characters, this book may not be a great choice for you. But if you can get past an unlikable narrator, this could be a great choice. And then she like put in her hashtags and stuff. So, I mean, she's not wrong. The main character, Kaylee Kuko, Coco, Kuako. she uh, she's a fly attendant and she's an alcoholic and she really is like a horrible human being. Um, the basic premise is she's a flight attendant. She's on an international flight and this man in her section who is in Game of Thrones, but I don't know who he is in Game of Thrones. He's very handsome. Um, they start kind of like flirting, you know, and he, when he's getting off the plane, he gives her his business card and like, hey, call me. And they're in like Bangkok. And so, you know, it's like, hello, there's this handsome dude and you're in this like foreign country. Yes. Like have the time of your life. So hell yeah, she calls him and they go on this date and it's like, they just click, you know, they have this amazing date. They go back to his room. They get it on. Um, she wakes up the next morning, and he's dead next to her with his throat slit. Ooh. And she's like, what the fuck? I'm in a foreign country, and I'm going to go to jail, and I don't know. That, I don't even know if I murdered him. So it's like shit like that. She just makes really bad choices and shit like that. Um, so I commented on Rebecca's post, and I said, I just started the series, and I really like it, even though the main character is garbage. I guess I'm going to have to read to see how different it is. So then the author, Chris, commented on my comment and said, 
she's a mess, but her childhood was a mess. So much pain and alcohol. There are reasons she makes the mistakes that she makes. Think Sia's Chandelier, that song. And it wasn't just me that he commented, Lacey. He commented on every single person that said, like, something negative, including whose post it was. Uh So I messaged her, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, he commented on that, and now I'm kind of, like, freaking out because I don't want to offend him. But I'm like, dude, like, I get it. This is your life's work. This is your business. Yeah, obviously. These are not real people. Like, you 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 shouldn't feel the need to get in there and defend a fictional character's choices. This is for our entertainment and like we're consuming this so we can have our own opinion about yeah. it. Like I get why he is defensive. Oh, I definitely get it. Yeah. Cause he puts, they put some authors put something of themselves into these characters. Like every single character, they have to put feelings and emotions and everything into. So, oh, so obviously they connect. Personally. Right. So obviously they connect, but you still shouldn't have, I mean, you should still be able to see that, your character is garbage. Even if they've had a trash <laughs> childhood, they're garbage. <laughs> and don't, and like, if you want to talk about real people, people go through shit like that all the time and find yeah. a way to rise above. And there's shitty people themselves. and there's good people in the world nowadays, you know? Exactly. So the fact that he felt to comment on every single person to defend his book, like, bro, you've already won. Your book was turned into an HBO it's series. In a series, come on. And, and if people are saying it's different anyway, who cares? It's different. I mean, I get I get it, but it's you're also putting this out for mass consumption and not everyone's gonna like it and no. that kind of goes with the territory. Like people are gonna knock it, people are gonna love it, people are gonna hate it. And they could love to hate her. Who knows? Yes. yes. But you know what? Like it made it made someone feel something, whether it was positive or negative. They yeah. still got an entertainment value. They still had an impact from something you did. Yes. Yes. Like when I first saw The Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, let me start it. I, I was love so it. disgusted. I was yeah. like, he was horrible in that movie. And my yeah. friend was like, yeah, but it made you feel something. Like that's what yeah. movies or books, that's what they're supposed to do. And I was like, damn, you're right. So anyways, I just wanted to share that with you all because I thought that was so juicy that a the author commented back to me and i'm like oh, shit, my bad. i didn't mean to piss you off. I, I didn't do it <laughs> well if lucy foley listens to this podcast today she oh. knows something too okay. because boy i know you got <laughs> i know that i got shit to say so i got stuff to say <laughs> um we read uh i think i said it earlier we read the hunting party by lucy foley yes. this is a really hard read very hard and not in the sense that it was, how do I say this? Specifically poor. It's just the way it was put together. <laughs> I agree. I like agree. we'll be able, we'll be able to explain that a little more once we get further into it. <laughs> well, um, go ahead and give them a synopsis, and then I'll pull up the questions. So the synopsis is: there's this group of friends that have been friends for like 10 years since they went to college at Oxford. They're from England, by the way. They take a trip together every New Year's and spend the holidays together. So this year, one of them chose to go to the Scottish wilderness. It's like this huge property, one house. It's all remote. They're the only people there besides one other couple and the workers. And it's supposed to be a murder mystery. And so there's some things that ensue. Yep. That's so pretty much you it. You have multiple timelines in this one. Yes. You have 
multiple points of view. And honestly, when I first started, okay, well, we'll get into it when we say the questions. Um, What was your favorite part of the book? (laughs) (laughs) I would say my favorite part was the setting. I thought it was a really cool setting. I I did Um, like the setting. And the setting had a lot of potential, too. Yes. And it really gives you kind of the mood and the overall feeling of, you know, I feel like the setting is kind of another character in the book. Yeah, I do too. And I, I felt like, I felt like fully bringing up a murderer on the loose in the Scottish Highlands mm. also was a good idea. Yeah. So while they're there, there is a, what do they call them? The Highland Ripper? There's like a serial killer on the loose. Yeah. They it's like remote property and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, and they have uh, no idea at first that there's uh-huh. a serial killer on the loose because nobody's yeah. disclosed it. And like you said, they're all college friends. Um, they're so, all very prestigious. Yes. They went to Oxford. So my least favorite part, it was a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. There were so many characters, and I hate it when so they many. shove all these characters to you at the beginning because it's hard to keep up with, and it's hard to stay on track, and it has so many different points of view, and you got multiple timelines because you're going back and forth. And, like, coming – when I started this book, um, I had a really good, like, momentum going of, re- of reading other books, and I feel like this kind of slammed that shut. Yes. Like, like, I'm a mood reader, so I've been reading, yes. like, a lot of Hallmark Christmas books, and this is kind of a killjoy to my mood. And I think that's why it was so painful for me to read. Yes. And it is so slow, but it's giving you so much information because the end, it's like, bam, 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 bam. It all starts making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I've read another of Lucy Foley's book. It's called The Guest. And it's essentially the same book, but it's at a wedding um, in Ireland, I believe. So it's like she has this formula that she follows, which, I mean, listen, that's great. Go for it. Like, you're a published author. That's amazing. It's mostly working. At but least at least for me, it's mostly working. It was kind of the same book to me. Yeah. Well, and not only did it – okay, so there was, like, four too many <laughs> side characters for one. Yes. Yes. And then there was, like, one or two too many different points of view. I liked mm-hmm. the different points of view from, like, the workers there, from, like, Heather and, and Doug. Uh, yeah, and Doug mm-hmm. and versus the rest of them, because it gave you those different perspectives. But mm-hmm. it just, going back and forth between, like, the three days' time and mm-hmm. their college years and up until now, it was just too much information to process. I agree. I agree. Um, is that what you would say your least favorite part is? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we'll get there eventually, but <laughs> the ending, she had so many ways that she could have gone and so many ways that this could have been more interesting. And it just yeah. kind of fell flat. I mean, essentially what she's doing throughout the book is she's setting every character up to have a motive for this murder. Yes. And she releases a little bit of information. Like, so at first you don't even know who's been murdered. You just know that they found someone's missing and then they find the body and then they start talking about its hair being fanned out. So you're like, okay, maybe it's a woman. Well, then they start saying it is a woman. So you're like, oh shit. Well, there's like four women there. So which one is it? Then you're like, okay, well, who killed her? So I, like you said, I liked that it showed. So like Heather and Doug, Heather is like the 
property manager, I guess is what you would call yeah, him. Yeah, concierge property manager all in one, yeah. Doug the gamekeeper. And then there's this dude named Ian that does, like, handiwork, you know, like something's broken and he fixes it. So there's, like, this one main lodge where they, like, eat or hang out, and then they have, like, their own private cabins, which do not have locks on the doors. Excuse me. Yeah, no. That's fucking weird um, because you could be there with other people that you don't know, which they were, and they'd come in and steal your shit. Exactly. No, thank you. I'm going to need a lock on the door. Um, also, the other couple that was there, so the college friends, like, book their stuff, and the lady tells them, you'll probably be the only one there because it's the week between Christmas and New Year, and apparently in that region, it's, like, a really shitty weather time, and people don't really want to go there. So she's like, you're probably going to be by yourself. Well, well they get there's there, nothing there's on this, the books either. And there's nothing on the books. Well, they get there, and there's this couple from Iceland there who, and then, like, the first night of your stay, like, the property manager and the gamekeeper put on, like, a big Highland dinner. So they have to share it with this Iceland couple that they don't know, and they're and the Iceland couple is weird. They're all I, honestly. Scruffy. I really don't think we needed the whole Iceland couple, no. and, and we'll get into why. But I think that was a part that could have just been completely right. eliminated from the book. It's stupid. We didn't need them. We didn't <laughs> the two. That we didn't need the gay couple. We didn't need the couple with the baby. I, Mark and Bo really. They don't. I mean, they were great. They really were. Their presence was great, and they their interactions when they when there were interactions. Let me say that when there were uh-huh. <laughs> were great, but it was more information you didn't need because they really didn't contribute anything to what happens. So, Mark was at Oxford. Bo is his boyfriend that is in America. America, yeah. Samir is it Samira and Giles or Giles, and their baby were. They were both at Oxford. Miranda's kind of like the ringleader, and she and her husband Julian were at Oxford. And then there's Katie, who's single, and she's a lawyer. She was at Oxford. And then Mark. Mark was at Oxford. His girlfriend, Emma, was not at Oxford. But that she's, is who also yeah, got she's, the trip. She's a latecomer, yeah. So Miranda, it goes from Miranda's point of view to Katie's point of view. And Katie and Miranda have known each other since grade school. And Miranda's, like, supposed to be this beautiful just like glowingly beautiful woman, like the like hourglass figure, the works. But in reality, she's so ugly on the inside and she's such a fucking bitch. And then Katie was like kind of a nerdy, like a project for Miranda. And then um, more drama happens throughout. But um, next question, was it a fast or slow read? So slow. So slow. I mean, I kept turning because I did want to find out what happened, but it was purely out of curiosity and not connections to the characters because there was just, yeah, I couldn't connect because it was just too much. Yeah, I didn't connect either. I would say the first half, of it was, it was slow overall, but the first half I kept reading um, for this podcast. <laughs> the second <laughs> half, it did pick up and then you're like, oh shit, okay, here we go. Now it's happening. It's happening. Um, I maybe felt sympathy for like Doug because he's a yeah. war veteran who has PTSD yeah. and as everyone knows um, every country yeah. te- te- um, treats their veterans like shit yeah. and he had some issues that he definitely needed help with that's why he was there like working remote in this remote area and then Heather it never really gets into her issues I think she was maybe no. a doctor and her husband died or something but it doesn't exactly say that See, but I don't, I'm not quite sure that she was 
Um, and I think she might have been somewhere near the medical field, but not too far into it because she was saying at the beginning when she was called um, to report the murder that she could tell from what she's done before mm-hmm. that they weren't killed, you know, that it wasn't natural causes that somebody killed her, but that she yeah. couldn't be sure because she wasn't an expert or something. Like, it was yeah. it was something like that, but worded differently. And, um, which, well, we'll go to the next question. Which event scene or character has stuck with you the most? I would say Miranda because she's such a bitch, dude. And, I mean, someone even says, let me find this quote. Um, it was on page 48. But in friendship, as in love, opposites often attract. Extrovert and introvert, yin and yang. I mean, that is literally like Katie and Miranda. They were so different. And then on page 58, she talks about, because these people really have nothing in common anymore. They've all kind of moved on with their lives. They just meet up once a year for this trip. Um, Let me find the quote. Says, but that's the thing about old friends, isn't it? Sometimes they don't even realize that they no longer have anything in common, that maybe they don't even like each other anymore. And Miranda is such, like, a brash person. Um, she's not even passive-aggressive. She's just aggressive. She'll she's just, like, very start entitled. Shit. Yes, yes. And people say, like, you know, they don't even know how she got into Oxford because she wasn't that bright. And they're all like, Katie's a lawyer. Giles, Giles is a doctor. Samira is like running a publishing company and Julian's like a running a hedge fund. And she's like a stay at home wife because she had like a job as an assistant and was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, and she's trying to get pregnant. But has the and she's trying to get pregnant, which her husband's like, I don't know why you're trying to get pregnant. You hate children. Like she's trying to get pregnant because everyone on her Facebook timeline is getting pregnant. And not her. So there's nothing about her that's likable. There's no, like, redeeming qualities that she has. She acts like she's your friend, but then when you're reading from her point of view, all she's doing is, like, tearing down her friends and talking shit. Like, I don't know why. And she flirts with other men in front of her husband, like, heavily flirts with other men in front of her husband. So when she sees the gamekeeper, she's like, wow, he's kind of hot. He's hot. In front of her husband and her friends. He's so tall. I would climb him like a tree. How are you going to say that in front of your husband? That is so fucked up. It Ugh. is. Nothing likable about her. Um, but yeah, that's mine. What event senior character has stuck with you the most? I don't, I don't even want to remember any of it, but I did. <laughs> I really liked, I did really like the setting. I liked how they described, you know, the peace and quiet out in the snow and the trees. And I say they, Lucy Foley. Uh, I liked how she explained the silence, you know, the water and it being cold, mm-hmm. the layer of ice. I just loved everything about hearing about the Scottish islands and the setting yeah. with it. Yeah, that was good. I did like that. Um, what did you think of the writing? Are there any standout sentences or vocabulary? Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> no student vocabulary I mean there were obviously sentences that were good <laughs> nothing exceptional that I'm going to remember but like you said her words do paint a picture Yeah, um, it paints a very good like a good setting that you can get in your mind I just think 
I think this could have been really great. I just think that some things just needed to be reworked and her publisher, her publisher, shame on her publisher, (laughs) should have read this and been like, look, I can see where you're going. You need to cut this, cut this, rearrange Mm -hmm. this to that, maybe change this. And it's great. Yeah. Would you want to read another book by this author? No. You know, when I read The Guest, um, I said no. But then when we were when we were looking at books for this time of year and I was like, Oh, it takes place, you know, new year's. That's right. When we're going to be talking about this. I'm like, it's perfect. So I am sorry <laughs> that I brought this up because there were so many other choices that we could have done. Um, but it had such potential, a murder mystery in the middle of nowhere in the dead of winter on a holiday. Yeah. On a major holiday. I had chills. I even have chills now, but it just... I mean, it honestly made me kind of scared because I'm supposed to leave Saturday to go to a cabin with my family, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm going to be the <laughs> going to be a murder mystery. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be too scared now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did reading the book impact your mood in any way? How and where? Uh, yeah. It made, it made me pissy. tired. That too. <laughs> but it made you pissy? Yeah. <laughs> How? Because it just kept flip-flopping. Like, you would get a grasp on something. You're like, oh, okay. And then it would flop to, like, three days before or two days before to a different person. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and everyone has fucking issues. Mark, Mark yes. has extreme issues, anger issues. But they, like, they all have some, like, dark past about them. Like, he punched a Guido's jaw. <laughs> oh, my God. On vacation one time. Like a teenager. They were, like, at a horse racetrack. And he punched this like teenager in the face just because he's like a douchebag and then his girlfriend Emma's like all right well we have to go yeah they ran and apparently one of them had looked I think it was Katie looked it may have been Emma looked a week later and they were police were searching for him or something yes oh my god um yeah they all have issues they maybe that's why they're drawn to except Mark he doesn't really it kind of explains that he's really close with Katie, so maybe that's why he still hangs out with these people. But, like, Miranda outed him to his parents when they were in college. And she says, like, they're they're dancing, and she's like, oh, Mark, why aren't we closer? And he's like, Miranda, you know exactly why. Like, he is not cool with her. And so I'm like, why is he still coming? Like, because him and Bo seem – oh, and then his boyfriend Bo is, like, a former recovering addict. Recovering- yeah drug addict and she brings that up she's like because she gets drunk and both and then brings out pills yeah brings out she brings out pills in front of a recovery and offers him one offers him one yes she's such a bitch and then she gets drunk and Bo's trying to take care of her and she's like i I just can't believe i'm this drunk like i don't normally do this i'm not a junkie like who do you think you're saying that to and he's like kind of draws back a little bit and he's like okay bitch (laughs) all right like, um, also, the folks from Iceland are freaks with a capital F. Yeah. Miranda's out on a run, and she hears this, like, animal screaming, but it's not an animal screaming. It's the Iceland people having sex in the middle of the woods, butt-ass fucking naked. <laughs> and then he looks at her and was like, come join us. And she's like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then, like, um, so before I knew what was going on with them and Ian there's a part where part of the package that they've purchased at this estate is the gamekeeper will take them to hunt deer. Cause there's like a very big deer population and a lot of characters struggle with that 
they don't want to do it, but they're like, well, you know, if we don't, the deer population like gets too out of hand and, you know, they starve. So it's kind of like we're doing them a favor. And then the gamekeeper even picks out like what he thinks is an older female deer. So he's like, all right, go for that one. Cause she's like limping already. Um, so they take her deer that Emma killed. Emma was the best shot and Emma killed it. They take her deer and they're going to use it for meat for dinner. And they're like, Ian will like cut it up for you. You can go pick it up from him in the like shed or whatever. So she goes to get it. And the Iceland couple's there talking to Ian. And he's like, hey, they want the heart of your deer. Is that okay? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are they going to eat it? Are they worshiping Satan? Like, what's going on? Like, I thought it may have, I thought it was going to go that direction. And it never really said what they were doing with the heart. Or why they want. Yeah. Um, so we'll go back to our questions. What surprised you most about the book? Probably, spoiler alert, that this came down to a mental illness. (laughs) Yeah. Being the reason as to why. She killed and not Miranda. Miranda. So, yeah, spoiler alert, Miranda is a dead body. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the way the book goes, I did not feel sorry for her. I'm not going to say no. I was, like, saying she deserved it or anything, but, like, she you wouldn't cry. Person. You wouldn't cry right. too hard. You're just like, wow, that sucks. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say that it does, because, spoiler alert, well, we won't say who killed her yet, but the person that kills her kills her for a reason you don't really see coming until the yeah. end when you read it. Because, and that's completely off kilter. Right. Everyone has a motive. Um, they're playing like truth or dare, and it turns out she actually slept with Giles back in the day, and his wife doesn't know. And he confronts her because the question was like, have you slept with someone else besides your husband? And she's like, yes, but then doesn't answer anymore. And he confronts her later and he's like, what the fuck? You know, my wife's going to like start adding shit up. Um, She does like real petty shit like that. I would say the thing that surprised me most about the book was that Katie was having an affair with Julian. Yeah. And Katie finds out she's pregnant at the lodge. You're just like, whoa. Hmm. That's just another layer, but it gives them both a motive um, because Julian's yeah. like doing some insider trading shit and has gotten Miranda involved. And so, you know, if she gets pissed and she can turn him in, that's a reason for him to kill her. I mean, hell, the reason to kill her just because he has a mistress and now his mistress is pregnant. Yeah. I, my mouth dropped open though when Miranda caught Katie and Julian in the sauna. Yeah, like <laughs> on vacation, it's like on vacation with all your people around. Like, you don't think your wife's gonna wake up and be like, "Where's my husband? He's not in the cabin." And none of these doors have locked. Oh my god! So she like wakes up at four a.m. on New Year's Day because she's like thrown up on herself and shit. And she's like, "Oh, there's a light on in the sauna. Why didn't they invite me to the sauna?" I'm like, "Bitch, you were passed out drunk, throwing up on yourself." So she goes to the sauna and she hears this like animal scream and oh, she walks in on her husband going down on Katie, her best friend. (laughs) That was, I really didn't see that. I, I, I saw that Katie was pregnant because she was like reacting to food and stuff real funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, she's pregnant, but I didn't really think that they would be fucking in the middle of their trip. No, not with everyone. Wife and all your, closest friends and no no 
how did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending? I mean, it was pretty on par. Yeah, it didn't really change. I was just like, no. oh, okay, well, that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, these questions are from Oprah's Book Club, and then we've kind of mixed in our own. So how does the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? If you could give the book a new title, what would it be? I mean, I think the, I think the title's perfect for the book. I really do. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, they're essentially a hunting party. So hunting. I agree. We think they might be hunted. Or yeah. Hunting each other. It is this book overrated or underrated? It is overrated. Yeah, it's got like, let me see what the score is on Goodreads. I probably dropped it with my rating earlier. <laughs> what did you give it? A three star. I gave it three stars, but I was rounding up from two and a half. Exactly. It has 3.6. And only because it had so much potential. Her writing is, is good. It, it, mm-hmm. She can flow if she wants to, and there are parts of this that flow really well and really fast, but it's mm-hmm. just... She has rough edges that she needs to work out, like we all do. Yeah. Did this book remind you of any other books, or is it an original idea? Um, it's literally just like her other book, The Guest, except The Guest is a wedding, and this was like New Year's. So. Yeah, I didn't know that. But it's, I mean, it's a murder mystery. There's only so many murder mysteries you can do. True. True. I think it could have been an extremely original, well thought out idea. So do you think you'll remember it in a few months or years? No. Never, me neither. And I would definitely not reread it. No. Um, any, do you have any lingering questions or plot holes from the book? So, why am I with a mental illness? <laughs> yeah, so the end, the end picks up really fast. It does. Like, shit starts happening. But then, like, weird shit. Like, so Ian's running drugs in the barn, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what has this got to do with anything? Like, it's kind of out of place. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, the Iceland couple's the one bringing the drugs in, and Ian's putting them on the train to get them to London. Um, but I guess it's like giving another motive. But then, um, like you said, we find out Emma is the stalker because all throughout the book, Miranda's been talking yes. about a stalker. That someone like, takes like one piece mm-hmm. of idol or knows exactly what she does. And then they send it back with a note, mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff nobody knows about in the group, like her shoplifting yes. habits and all of that. Yes. Like she shoplifted like some earrings or something. And they, like, take them and leave a note, like, oh, you shouldn't do that, or some, like, weird shit that no one would know. Even after Um, she moves and gets away from college, they're still following uh her. That was probably the only surprise of this book, was that Emma was the stalker. Everything else was pretty predictable. I really thought Mark was the stalker, because he had this weird obsession with Miranda. Yeah. But, yeah, it's Emma, and spoiler alert, she had actually gone to Oxford. She was just, like, heavier and had different colored hair and no one noticed her and she becomes obsessed with Miranda like kind of like she wants to be her and she wants to be her best friend and Miranda figures it out because she remembers her face and she pulls up a picture on Facebook and sees her in the background of a party picture from like 10 years ago no I'm not going to remember that shit like I'm good with I don't have party pictures from 10 years ago on mine anyway (laughs) Um, so yeah, I would say that was really weird that Emma turns out to be the stalker because she finds this and she goes into her cabin after she's found out her husband and best friend are having an affair and she goes into Emma's cabin and starts going through her shit. Like Miranda's such a bitch. 
and finds all her missing stuff in this little, like, it was like this little, what was it called? Uh, it was like a little box that has like a hidden compartment, but her grandmother, yeah. she knew how to work it. And then all her shit pops out of it. One of those little puzzle boxes. Yeah. And, and so she's like, what? And then Emma tells her her whole story. Um, so then they're fighting and Emma kills Miranda. <laughs> she like chokes her out and throws her off this bridge. But then Emma decides to avenge Miranda's broken heart and pulls a rifle on pregnant Katie. <laughs> You're like, um, okay, that's weird. Um, and then as this is going on, Heather, the manager, is finding out that Ian is running the drugs in the barn. They're walking back up. She's walking back up with Doug. She sees Emma pull the gun on Katie and, like, decides to take a bullet for this chick that she doesn't even know. I thought that was, like, didn't you think that was a little weird? Yeah, I did. I was like, how are you going to take a rifle bullet for someone you don't even know? And then Emma wait, or Heather wakes up and Doug's in the room with her. Like they clearly have feelings. She was masturbating to thinking about him. Like why? Why did they never get it on? I was kind of disappointed. I know, that. right? Why don't they get closer? I... <laughs> so and that, she never like it's. Uh, that was also one of the things that bothered me is that they worked so long together yet. At the very beginning, Heather knows nothing about Doug, and they've worked so long together at that point. Like, she doesn't even know his last name. Yeah, that's weird. And you're living at this property yeah. with this person, and you don't know anything about them. I at least need to know where you come from, your first right. last name, how old you are, your birth date, whatever, if I'm working with you. And when she asked her boss about him, he was like, oh, well, he'll be good at, like, because they have a problem with poachers coming onto the land. And the poachers can get a bit dangerous. So that's like Doug's main thing is keeping the property safe and guests and shit. And the boss is like, oh, well, Doug's got the kind of background to, like, take on the poachers. Like, did that not raise any red flags with Heather? Yeah, right. And then they're like, the whole book, they're like stealing looks at one another. You know, they're obviously attracted. He's thinking about her. She's thinking about him. And then just fucking nothing happens. And then in the epilogue, she decides to, like, move back to where she's from. And then we get, like, a whole chapter on Katie where Katie's, like, having her baby and her and Julian are not together. Um, and that's pretty much it. We find out Emma got manslaughter. So Emma got a really good lawyer. And Emma got four years for murdering Miranda because she said it was, like, self-defense. Because Mid-hold. the defense, yeah, the defense painted this picture that Miranda was a horrible person. Which she was. But for Four years? No, that would never... Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably would happen for somebody white that went to Oxford, let's be honest, but... <laughs> that is true. That is extremely true. But Definitely. only four years. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like Katie says, you know, four years, she's going to be out. She's probably going to come for you because she's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And she has that baby. Like, um, I forgot what she called it, but Emma has this, like, disorder where she, like, takes on other people's personalities. Yeah, it's like a personality dissociative mm-hmm. disorder or something like, like that. she doesn't have one of herself. She gets everything from everyone else. So I guess now she's taking on Miranda's to avenge her. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Norman in, in the Bates Motel. Oh, is that what his deal is? Pretty much. Oh, because doesn't he, like, kill his mom and then become his mom or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gosh. Well... Um, before I forget, there is a dedicated Facebook group to anyone that's read Layla by Colleen Hoover. 
I and like Colleen Hoover made it. So it's like it's really fun. <laughs> Do you hear that? Yeah. It's really fun because she'll get in there and like comment on stuff, and it's just kind of cool to hear like other people's perspectives. And I really think you need to read Layla Lacey. You would really like it. It's on Amazon Unlimited. You can use my Kindle and you can read it. It's free on there. Lacey, yeah. can you hear yeah. me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh my god, yeah. I was like, I lost her. I lost her. Um, but yeah. So I give this book two point seven five stars. The Hunting Party. 2.5. No, 2.75. I can't decide. Uh, 2.5. I finished it. I finished it. Like, Yeah. That, that's an accomplishment itself because I I didn't want to, but I did to those of you who listen. Yeah. <laughs> it was very hard. Well, let's go ahead and just, like, move on. So the next yes. book that we're going to read is my pick. So two weeks from today, we're going to read... This time next year, I'm, it's really far away, so I'm trying to read this fine. I think it's by <laughs> Sophie Cousins. Let me look up that last name. Um, I'll read a little synopsis for you because it's also kind of topical, and maybe it will get us out of this hunting party slump. Cousins? Cousins? Yeah. Is it Cousins? C-O-U-S-E-N-S. Come on, Goodreads load for me oh my god why okay yeah see yeah i'm not sure how you would say that um so it is about this is the goodreads synopsis when minnie meets quinn at a new year's eve party it's clear that they've got nothing in common except for the strange fact of their being born in the same place at the same time on new year's eve what that sounds good <laughs> to me yeah that sounds hallmarky yes have you uh, watched any Christmas movies? No, I'm doing that this week and next week because I'm off next week. What are you going to watch? Oh, oh, everything. I'm going to watch the second Kurt Russell Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. and Yes, so much. I'm watching it all. Um, I watched the Princess Switch switched again. Yeah, I'm going to watch that one too. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I want to see what you feel. I really like the first one. I feel like the second one was like, this is the best I can come up with. Like, okay. it's really weird. There's a, there's a third one now. I don't mean a third movie. I mean a third lookalike. Oh. And I'm like, no, that's too many. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, but there is a little Easter egg in it at the very end. And I want you to tell me what it is after you watch it. All right, so two weeks we're reading this time next year. Um, next week we are going to do our best of 2020 episode. So I've kind of got some of our listeners have already sent me some of their favorites. Lacey and I are going to have our favorites. A few surprises. Yeah. See, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anyone's. Oh, my gosh, I always do this. So I asked a question on Instagram. Um. I said, do you go away with any friends or families for the holidays? What are some of the best places you've been? And Miss Zing said that she had just started this ring, this read, and that they have taken family vacations to Niagara Falls because there's stuff for teens and adults to do there. And I was like, dang, that's cool. And then at dh.read said, we usually make a ski trip, but we'll most likely be staying home this year. Like, I feel you. That sucks. Yeah. 
And then Joanne, our fave, Joanne Nixon72, said, We went to Tenerife for Christmas one year. It was weird but lovely to spend the holidays in the sunshine. She's probably going to make fun of me for pronouncing that because I believe it's <laughs> Spanish island. Let me look it up. I think it's like a – it is – it's the largest of Spain's Canary Islands off of West Africa. So – it looks really pretty if you Google it. I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. Blue waters and everything. Yeah, it's got like those really bright waters. And um, my dad is taking everyone to that to Colorado this weekend for Christmas. It's probably going to be a bummer with the pandemic because we're not going to be able to do as much. But it's like it's something he's always wanted to do and he wants to start doing it every year. So I guess that will be our new little tradition. Hopefully there's not a murder mystery aspect to our trip. <laughs> there won't be. Somebody can get there. Right. We'll be stranded. Gosh. All right, guys. Well, that's all I got. We'll see you next week for the best of 2020. Yeah. Questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, bookworms one podcast at gmail.com. Or Instagram, bookworms one podcast Bye, guys. Little, say bye. Yeah.